0: Name, Amen. Amen. Good evening. How is everybody? Good. Holy moly, that mic is. Hello. How you doing, Mr. Mike? Let's let's get let's back down a little bit. All right. So, I was telling Paige before service that I was watching you know the start of a message the other day and I caught myself saying in this little transition moment where I'm saying hello and not into the message and preaching or teaching yet, saying uh, 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 I already heard myself say it once since I've been up here. So if there's brief or long periods of silence, that's me not trying to say uh, and, but, trying, but thinking what to say next so in this moment, so I apologize. There's um, see um, did you see that? Caught my, I caught myself, now, um, man, what, it happens to all of us, yeah, anyway, there's, uh, tonight, three things, uh, right now, if you have a testimony of something the Lord's done in the past week, I want to hear about it, I want you to come on up here, go ahead and make your way up here right now, have a short testimony of something the Lord's been doing, Uh, People need to hear that. If we're going to exalt God, we're going to give God glory for what he said and what he's done in our lives. So come on up here right now if you have a testimony, two or three people. Also, if you have a word that you think will encourage uh, people tonight, then let us know about that. Uh, I'll give a time at the end for that. And in the middle of it, if you have a... uh, a, uh, In the... In the middle of it, if you have a question at any time, just raise your hand and we'll get a mic to you so that everybody that's watching online, uh... see. now I'm hearing myself, which is awesome. That's actually very good because it'll make me stop, so, <laughs> so, who has a testimony? What's God done this, uh, done for you this week? I want to hear it. I know I've been hearing them coming through. So come on up. You need to tell everybody. Man, come on. We need at least a couple other people. I know, Lord, Lord healed you. I know He's done stuff. So, but go ahead. You sure? I'm positive.
1: Okay, good. <laughs> um.
0: Nice. Very nice.
1: That wasn't on Very... purpose, though. So that's fine. <laughs> Even better. (laughs) Last week I had a whole bunch of um, what were supposed to be financial things come up all at the exact same time I had to re-register my car I had a whole bunch of bills that were supposed to be coming I was taking a trip and calculating calculating it all out and looking at my bank account I was like there's absolutely no way I'm gonna be able to do all this and pay my tithes and do all this stuff and it's that little lie that Satan likes to throw in there of you don't get to pay your tithes you can skip it and do it all the next week and you you just push this off and push it and make sh- just do God last God will forgive you God loves you and I heard that and it was like a temptation for a second I was like absolutely not so I sewed my tithe then I sewed my offering, and I then it was like a couple days after I went to the DMV to do the registration, it was supposed to be about $310 or so, they charged me like 120 So
2: mm-hmm. then
1: I went on the trip, uh, and I ended up not having to pay for anything on the trip that I was supposed to go on, and the bill ended up backdating, so I didn't actually have to owe it, and then another bill was completely canceled out. So it was bill after bill after bill, and only hundred dollars Thirty dollars was actually taken out of my account, which was supposed to be about a thousand. So that was Amen. pretty darn awesome.
2: <laughs> Praise God, good. Who else? Since I got put on the spot, <laughs> yeah. I uh, I, I went Monday and picked up some machines and uh, took somebody with me, and they were heavier than I've ever seen in my life. And the very first machine that we grabbed, I went to slide it to get it into my van, and it was a smaller machine and something in the. It, like in my bag just just popped and uh immediately immediately i thought this ain't happening you know you know because i had four other machines i had to move and uh the person who was with me we started praying and um worked all day long you know it it, it seemed like it was still getting bad uh we 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 prayed on it continuously um monday morning early monday morning about four o'clock i got up and i i couldn't hardly move i mean i i couldn't twist i couldn't do anything and i i think i sent you a message early that morning it was 6 something cuz i knew i was hurting and i knew i had to get them prayers started you know and i was thinking front lines prayer you know yeah. first thing and pastor Brian sent me some scriptures and it's out of the top of my head already but um but i did read them but uh but everybody started praying just you guys posted you know you know everybody started praying and i'm fine you know amen Four o'clock that morning, I couldn't hardly move. Eleven o'clock that day, I'm fine. You know, so. Amen.
0: Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Who else has testimony? I know there's more out there, and the Lord's telling you right now, go. And you're like, I don't want to go up there. That's you. Amen. <laughs> Those scriptures were Matthew eight seventeen, Mark sixteen fifteen through eighteen, and Second Peter
3: two twenty four. I have a couple. Well, mm-hmm. my husband got a new job, and we were a- able to um, increase our tithe, praise God, because he mm-hmm. got a raise with that. Um, also, I'm sorry, I'm doing the um. <laughs> 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 it's There's not so just many. me. There's so many. Uh, well, uh, my my daughter, Marcelina, was um, had come down with pink eye, and um, again, we're in between uh, health insurance, so that was a little bit. In my mind like all right i was trying to hold off i don't really want to bring it to the doctor unless i need to um but we good thing that we brought her and um but everything worked out fine um they gave her eye drops and the bill wasn't was was manageable (laughs) yeah so um praise god uh and also also today i received a package in the mail from a, a my best friend that is not saved um which was unexpected and she sent me this bracelet and it has a scripture on it, and it's my favorite scripture. Oh. Um, I can do all things through him. Through, I'm sorry. I can do all things through him who gives me strength, Philippians. So. Amen. So I was just like, wow, Lord, maybe I'm, that's surprising to me because I haven't talked with her in a while. And um, I just feel like I just thought that was awesome. So I'm sorry. Lord Amen. That's awesome.
0: So your friend who you didn't know it, or don't know right now if they're born again or not. No sent you that with the scripture on it which means they had to be thinking about God some then
3: she's like I thought you would really enjoy this and you know she wrote me a note oh. and we always send Christmas cards we just haven't kept in touch as we used to but um I just thought my that just I'm like Lord she's obviously thinking about the Lord that's what I felt that's so, a big deal yeah amen so.
0: praise God amen and I know there have been I, I've probably heard five Financial testimony is a personal, you know, that's what I was expecting to hear most of tonight. But if you've had some kind of let me just do this. If you've had some kind of financial testimony just in the last week of God blessing you, saving you money, will you raise your hand? So just we got like 20 people here and there's about 10 financial testimonies. So God God really does care about that stuff. He cares about the little things too, like your favorite verse you know he cares about that it's awesome to see that and uh, we and uh, we we have um, also on the front lines prayer the other night we covered a uh, <laughs> we covered a prayer request and we got back a testimony it was a little girl that we prayed for. She went into emergency surgery. Had they not done that, she would have bled out internally and would have passed away. They found it. They got it fixed. God helped the surgeon in it. So praise God for that and given given them wisdom and the right timing so that that little girl is still alive today and doing great. And so that's been wonderful. So praise God for the testimonies. Now, if the Lord gives you a word like last week. uh mm, see last week the lord gave deb a word through the hmm, i about did it again see i'm catching myself that's good helping me gave deb a word at the end and it was one of the most powerful words uh we've had here and we just if you have a word or something that will encourage people just write it down mark it down at the end of the service i'm going to ask for that and if you have questions while we're doing uh the teaching here tonight, make sure you just raise your hand. Amen. Maybe if I preach, I'll stop saying, uh. All right, let's turn to 1 John chapter 4, and we're going to start in verse 12. We covered that last week. We're going to go quickly through that. We've been in 1 John for quite a while. Obviously, it's talking about love. And at the beginning of 1 John in chapter 1, verse 1 through 4, it tells us that, John is writing these things to believers so that we can experience God like he did. Well, that's an incredible statement because the way that the apostle john experienced god was through jesus christ himself and saw the works and saw the love and saw the manifestations of god and he's saying you can experience god the same way that's what those first four verses and he's saying this is why i'm writing this book this is why i'm writing this letter so that you can experience god in this way what an incredibly powerful statement And so this is what we're looking at, and this is what we're studying. But that means, you know what, if we're going to experience God, then that means we're going to have to see the things that God says and make those changes. But ultimately, we want to get to the place in love where we're not making those changes just to please God. We're making those changes because we love God. Not just because he said it and we're keeping a law and checking off, okay, I did this and I did this and I just don't want to mess up. No, we're doing it because, Lord, this is who you are. This is who you want me to be. And so it pleases me to worship you with this life of love. And when we get to that place, we start experiencing God in ways that are unreal. How many people would like to experience God more than what you have in the past? I've experienced God pretty strong in the past, but I know that it's so much more than even what I've experienced so far. I know that it is. There's inside of me, the Holy Spirit has given me a testimony, a witness on the inside saying, there's even more than what you've seen so far. What you've seen so far is awesome. It's great. It's probably more than most people. And the Holy Spirit's saying, but yet there's more. But yet there's more. And so let's look at this. Let's, let's try to finish out chapter 4 here. Verse 12 says this, No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his Spirit." Now, one of the things that we talked about is people see God. We said this last week. People see God in how you live your life. This is exactly what Jesus did. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Let's look at these same verses in the New Living. It says, No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. I love that statement. His love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Now listen to this. Uh, This statement, we are also to be, we are also, like Christ, we also are to be the visible image of the invisible God. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, it says this in the New American Standard, says, he is, he, talking about Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of all creation. In the New Living, it says this. It says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. In the message, it says this. Listen here. We look at this Son, we look at Jesus, and see the God who cannot be seen. See, we also are to be the image of an invisible God. No one's seen God, the Father. no one's seen God in this way. They've seen him in the Son. they've seen him maybe in the uh the uh, appearance of a dove when he came down on Jesus in the Holy Spirit. but no one's seen the Father, but you see Him through the way people live their lives. Jesus said, "If you've seen me, you've seen the Father." Then the message again, we look at this Son and see the God." who cannot be seen. You see, you are the body of Christ. Now, you are the hands. You are the feet. He is the head. If he is directing you, and he is directing you in love, if you're connected to him, the, the commands coming from heaven is going to be, all right, hand of God, body of God, move in love. If he's directing you, if he is your Lord, if you're really connected to him, then love is going to be what you're doing. And you, through Christ, are the image of the Father. When people see you, they ought to see the Father like they saw it in Christ. I'm not saying that's always been perfect in your life or mine. But from this point forward, we ought to be living in such a way that... that when people look at our lives, they see the Father. They see the love of the Father. We look at the Son and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at the Son and see God's original purpose in everything created. Verse, four, verse 13 in First John 4 says uh, this in the message. It says, This is how we know we're living steadily and deeply in Him and He in us. He's given us life from his life, his very own spirit. So, I went back and reviewed those and gave you those verses in, in Colossians because it ties into the rest of this chapter. It's is showing you that people are going to be looking at you and they're going to be seeing the Father or not based off of how you live. It's very important to recognize that. And as a Christian, we have a responsibility to show that kind of love. So, in the verse 14 it says this we have seen and testify that the father has sent the son to be the savior of the world now this is John talking about he literally saw Jesus they saw the son and they testify that the father sent the son to be the savior of the world now if we're going to be operating in love and you're going to you're going to be doing the same thing that Jesus did are you going to be living this way And if John, he's representing the fact that he's living now the way that Christ lived. He's representing the Father like Jesus did. And so what we're saying is this. Are you testifying of the same thing that John is? Are you testifying that, hey, I've seen him? And if you haven't seen him, you can. And if you have seen him, you can see more. There's more in Christ. There's more in God. Verse 15, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. Now, you notice, and we're going to talk about this more the next time when we get into chapter 5, and notice it says, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God. You notice throughout every chapter in 1 John so far, it's been talking about how to distinguish who is in God and who isn't in God. It's constantly been distinguishing and setting apart and showing you the differences between the two lives, the differences between the people. Here's another example of that. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So, Trying not to say, um. (laughs) Verse 16. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. This is the second time in the same chapter that we've heard that God is love. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. That love is Christ. And we need to abide in that love if we're going to be doing what God's called us to do. We talked about what love was. Remember when we talked about what love was, it was a choice to make a firm commitment, an absolute commitment to hear from God and give unconditionally to him. It was a choice and a commitment to obedience to the Father to unconditionally give. Okay? We talked about that's what love is. And I'm not going to get back into the details of it, although I really want to, because I love talking about that that subject. But it's a choice. Love is a choice. Love is a commitment. Love is unconditional giving in obedience to the Father. I'm telling it to you in different ways. Saying the same thing. Unconditional giving in obedience to the Father. It's a choice to do that. And it's a commitment to that. That does not change. So that's what love is. And guess what? That's what God is to us. He unconditionally gives to us. Out of his character. Out of his nature. He's made a choice. And you're the choice. And he's made a commitment to you. That's That's who God is. Because God is love. Let's look at the same verse in the Amplified. And we know, understand, recognize, are conscious of by observation and experience. See, a lot of times when it says, and we know God. It's talking about knowing God like a husband knows a wife. It's talking about really, you know, there's things that Nicole and I can make eye contact on and we never have to say a word to each other. Why? Because we've gotten to know each other better. There's things, there's things that, that I can point or she can point or she can make a head nod. And I know what she means. Why? Because we've gotten to know each other. We've gotten to know each other, you know, very intimately in that in that place where we just we know each other better than I I know her better than I know anybody else in this world. And hopefully, she knows me better than anybody else as well. That's that's our relationship. We need to know God like this, and so when it says we know, we need to understand, recognize, we need to be conscious of by observation and by experience. In other words, as we're walking through life, this is a part of of knowing God and being in love, that every step that we take, you know, sometimes there's a lot of stuff going on in the world, and and it entangles us in the emotions and the cares of it. But no matter what we're facing, good news, bad news, whatever, we need to be conscious, conscious of God in that situation. To experience Him and to know Him like John's talking about, we need to be conscious of God everywhere we go. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. We need to be conscious of him, his presence with us. He's with us. He orders our steps. He works all things together for good. But thanks be unto God, who's who's always causing us to triumph and manifest. The love of God, the will of God in our lives. We need to be conscious of that. We need to know him. We need to understand him. In other words, we don't need to just sit by and say, oh yeah, I know God, but we don't know anything that's in that word. If we don't know anything that's in that word, you really don't know his character. You don't understand him. You don't know why he's moving this way. You don't know why he would direct you. Why would God tell me to do that? That doesn't make any sense. Exactly. It doesn't make any sense to you because what sense is is not God to you. You've got to get to know him, to understand him. You've got to recognize him. It's one of the best ways to learn how to have discernment and grow in discernment is get to know him. And when you see something, I know uh, several, several times I've had people tell me, I-, I think God said this. And I'll say, that's God. That's exactly how he talks. Well, How do I know that? Because I've gotten to know him. I've got I've begun to recognize his voice, recognize that that nature, that that love on on or tone on something that's said. You start to recognize it. We need to know him, and we know. It says we are conscious of like I talked about by observation because we're watching we're we're learning about God we're and we we've, we've experienced him together you know the testimonies today. They have experienced God. When you see they, you know it says that He gives us every good and perfect gift. Those were good and perfect gifts. Now, when those good and perfect gifts come in your life, what are you going to be saying? Even if whether you've said it before or not, it was it was made more solid today. Is this that was God? God gave me that. God did that in my life. That was God. We're recognizing. We're, we're being conscious. You see? This is all a part of getting to know him. And we know, understand, recognize, are conscious of by observation and by experience and believe, adhere to and put faith in and rely on. If we believe, our works are going to back that up. So it's, we know and believe. We adhere to his principles. We adhere to what we believe. All right? We adhere to, we put faith in, or, or put belief in, and we rely on. In other words, when we, when we uh, know God, we come to trust Him. And when we trust Him, we rely on Him when it looks like we're taking a step off the cliff. But we rely on Him because we know who He is. We've experienced Him. We recognize Him. We know what his voice is, and we rely on that. You know what? I'm not stepping off into oblivion. I'm stepping right into the hands of my Father because I know who told me that. It's important to get to know him and understand him in this way. So we know him and believe the love of God cherishes for us. And we believe the love of God cherishes for us. See, that's a good thing to remember. God cherishes you. You, you literally are that, as humans, and you individually, you're the apple of God's eye. Yeah. If it wasn't so, he would not have sent his son for you. Yeah. You're, you're important. He says, I'm going to love you with an everlasting love. He's jealous for you in a good way. Yeah. Do you realize he's jealous for you? In a good loving way, there's a good jealousy and a bad jealousy. Let me just put it and make it simple. God does it the right way, the good way. There's a bad way as well. But this is a good... And In other words, I want your attention. I, I, want, I want your love. He wants our love. Uh, And the the part of that is just not for his own self-gratification. Why does he want your love? Why is he jealous for your love? There's a little bit of a definition. Why is he jealous? Why why would God want you to love him? Because if you love him, what's the result of loving on him? More people will come to know him and you will be blessed by it. It's not just self-gratification, jealousy. Uh, a right jealousy is one that understands that your attention and your love for Him is going to bless you. It's going to bring more blessing to you, probably, than you're able to bless Him in it. In other words, it's not necessarily a balanced equation. Because as you move in obedience to love, God's already pre-programmed all of this earth and all of creation to bring the blessing of God into your life. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's basically telling you to experience him, to have fellowship with him, and be obedient to his commands. And all these things will be added unto you. He's already said that. He's made that statement. When he made that statement, it meant that all the good stuff in the world, in the universe, will find you and, and seek you out when you start seeking God out. So when God is jealous for your love, He's really doing it for your behalf. But it's it's He wants you. It's also He just He wants you. He wants fellowship and relationship with you, individually. He wants you. You are the apple of God's eye. Love of God cherishes cherishes us. God is love and he who dwells and continues in love dwells and continues in God, and God dwells and continues in him. Listen to this. The one who who dwells and continues. Uh, Zane Hodges said this in the epistles of John. Please listen to this, because it's talking about a body of believers, and I want us to hear this no body of believers will really be any stronger than the extent to which they manifest God's love by loving one another. In other words, we will only be as strong as we love each other. The height that our love for one another goes, I'm not talking about lip service, I'm talking about action. The height that our love takes action in one another's lives is the strength of the body. Such a strong statement. The, no body of believers will really be any stronger than the extent to which they manifest God's love by loving one another. Warren Wisby sa- Wearsby said this, Too much witnessing today is a mere mouthing of words. People need an expression of love. They need you to live it. They don't just need you to say it. I love you. I want you to know Christ. That's good, but that's not all there is. Witnessing according to the word is living it and expressing that. Is moving in acts of love. You remember a chapter or two ago when we we talked about the fact that we needed to live it. Don't just... Don't just be one that talks about it, but you need to be one who acts on that love. Matter of fact, it says, if you're not acting on it, you don't really love. We need to witness by how we love one another, how we love the world. 1 John 4, 17, By this love is perfected with us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world I'll just read it in the new living and the message and it helps explain that as we live in God our love grows more perfect so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment but when but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world we, we talked about this in another scripture in 1 John. When we actually live out and, and move in acts of love instead of just talking about it, all of a sudden we have this confidence. Why am I doing this? Why, why is who I am and the nature of who I am causing me to love on people at the command and obedience to Christ? Why am I doing that? The reason is because the life that's in God is in you. And so now, when we think about the day of judgment, we're thinking, man, I don't have to be afraid of anything. Because God is living in me. It's part of the proof that God's living in you when you're making choices and decisions based off of the love of God. Uh, In the message, it says this, This way, love has the run of the house. Does love have the run of your house? I'm not just talking about your home. I'm talking about this house. Does love have the run of the house? This way love has the run of the house. Love becomes at home and mature in us. When love knocks on your door, does it say, Oh, this is just like me. I'm at home here. Does he say that in your in your house, in your life, man, I'm at home here. Does does love find a place where it can grow up and mature in you? Does it have an environment that's healthy to love? Or is there an environment that's like shunning love? Uh, you know, you... Go to the door of your life and, and love's out there and you're like, mm, not today. No, I'd rather tell somebody off. Thank you very much. <laughs> or or do you go to that door and, and you say, hey, look, there's love. That means I got to give.
2: How much?
0: Lord, you must have sent that. Get back away. Get away from me, Satan. That's what a lot of people say when God tells them to get some. Slams the door on love. Or does love come in because look, Guess what? Love's going to put pressure on your flesh. Do you realize that? <laughs> love is going to, love is going to uh, war against the flesh and the flesh against love. Why? Because love is of the Spirit. So love's not going to make your flesh comfortable. It's not. So you can, you can imagine that when God's asking you to do something, your flesh at some point, your fleshly, worldly thinking is going to be like, Mm, I don't like that. I'm not sure that's God right there. <laughs> I don't know about that. So that's the thing. Love's knocking on your door. Are you opening the door and saying, come on in? And giving love a healthy place to grow and mature in you? Or every time you come up to any problems and pressures and I've got to change who I am, are you slamming the door on love? slamming the door on those decisions. So we should see any time where we come up to a check and it's a decision we should really really honestly unbiasedly check and say is this love or not and what's my normal response. Yeah, I know I know uh sometimes people can be sitting there and um there's you know all they got to do is the devil come and mess up a little bit in their life. Just get, just, I mean, the slightest thing, knock them a little bit off track and they just fall to pieces. Boom. Why? Because the opportunity to love, to overcome that, came knocking at their door and they're like, I don't want any part of you. I'm just going to go and run and do whatever comforts my flesh. And so they slammed the door on love. Love doesn't have a home there, love doesn't have a place to mature there. And the first thing that they got to do, and the devil knows it, so he just keeps pressing that button. (laughs) Look, look, their life just went into complete chaos. Let's do it again. That's the devil. He loves to steal, kill, and destroy. And we've got to recognize that, not be be ignorant of his schemes and his devices, the word says. So every time the devil's just like, here, and he's going to keep, I promise you, he will keep pressing that button until you beat him in love by putting love... In your life. Well that means. The comfort of your flesh. Cannot be. Take the highest priority. If we're going to worship God. In everything. Like that word was for us. If we're going to worship him. And exalt him above all things. Then that means your flesh. Can't be exalted above God. That means your flesh. Should have no word. In this. No word. Your comfort level. Should have no word. In this in decision making none, and a lot of people a lot of christians they don 't get that they think that that if it 's not comfortable it 's not God <laughs> time out <laughs> if it's not comfortable, it probably is God, and it really depends on how much you have you have uh matured your mind or renewed your mind to the Spirit of God as to what you're judging comfort to be. I've found I'm most comfortable almost. This is something I have to work on in one way. I've found after a long time of going and living after God, I'm almost most comfortable in, in uh, a tense situation. I excel in that. I like it. I I actually, it's not, and I have to watch wanting to get myself in those situations purposefully so that I can excel. That's not what God wants either. So I have to watch that for myself. But are you, where are you comfortable at? And it depends on how much your mind is renewed. If it's not renewed at all, you're comfortable with not doing anything that God asks you to do. Not giving, not going to church, you know, not not uh, making him a priority. None of that stuff. Not loving on your neighbor. Nah, not anybody taking your time or asking anything of you. You're very comfortable there. Oh, somebody asked me to do something. Yeah, nah, I'm not doing that. No, nah, that, this is my life. You know, that's your comfort zone. That's an unrenewed mind. But if you've gotten to the place where you are more comfortable in serving and giving and becoming a servant to people, and and your time, it doesn't bother you that your time is interrupted by somebody. Now you're starting to renew your mind. And maybe you find yourself comfortable in those moments. And that's a good thing. Now, too, if your mind is unrenewed and you're hearing that, you're going, that's not a good thing at all. That's the unrenewed mind. God's not. That, that's, that's where that little you know, crosswise is coming in your, in your soul, in your mind. But to the majority of people, see, I think that our society is probably so far all I can make this statement to the vast majority of people, probably including myself. What we find comfortable is really not God. In other words, you can probably now I'm guessing, and I'm going to give you an estimate, but this is just my best guess based off of experience you can probably figure that about 80 to 90% of what you would say is comfortable is not God. In other words, things God's going to ask you to do is going to be uncomfortable 80 to 90% of the time. And that's what, where love's going to be. Because love's going to ask something. We talked about this. Love, if you're going to be operating in love, love has a cost to it. Now, how you view that cost depends on where your mind's renewed at. We need to get to the place where we don't even see the cost. We're just moving in obedience to the leading of God and being obedient to that. And as we do that, now love can be interjected into the world where it wasn't being interjected before. Don't know why he had me hanging out on that. Did y'all get something out of that last five minutes of stuff? good amen this way love has the run of the house it becomes at home and mature in us so that we're free of worry on judgment day our standing in the world is identical with Christ strong strong statement do you you know do you want to be as you're walking through this earth concerned about what's going to happen in eternity, in the afterlife here on earth? Or do you want to be at peace with it? I want to be at peace with that. And how do I know? How do I have peace? How do you have peace? Because I can tell you from, you know, life decisions and things that we've done Love's at home in our lives. Love can be at home in your life. You can give it a place where it likes to be because it's it's become so normal for you. And when you're doing that, you're walking on this earth like Christ did. And when you're doing that, people are seeing the love of the Father the same way that Christ showed them. And guess what this world needs more than anything else? To see the heart of the Father manifested in believers. Is a huge point. Verse 18 There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears, listen to this, the one who fears is not perfected in love. And you know, I, I said this a week or so ago. I said, I remember reading on Facebook some mom, um, some mom put on there, is it right for me to be so worried over this new baby? And then some other mom wrote on there, every mother is worried. It's completely natural, one hundred percent natural for a mom to worry. And and I wanted to throw something, you know, really large and heavy, at my computer. But then I was like. That that wouldn't do any good. Because it's not natural. What's natural for you is to operate in love, and there is no fear in love. That's not natural. That's that's accepted. Fear is accepted, not the norm. And if you have any fear in you whatsoever, on any level, guess where it came from? And, And I'll give you this clue. It wasn't God. And so that should give you hope because you could say, you mean I can live a life without worry, without anxiety, without fear? Yes. Yes, you can. You don't have to have any of it. And you know what? Most of our responses in life when we're harsh to somebody, you know, most of our responses are because we fear something. I remember Creflo Saying this, um, I think his wife Taffy wanted to go shopping, and uh, she said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, and I'm a. I, can I have? Well, she said, Can I have four hundred dollars so I can go shopping?'" And he responded. This has been a while now since I've heard this, and uh, he responded to her, "What woman, you think I made the money? <laughs> now, what was his? Why did he respond that way?" He was fearful. He was fearful that she could possibly ask. It wasn't that he didn't have the $400 and that she couldn't have it. That was both okay. What what was he fearful of? Why did he respond that way? Because he was fearful that she might come back and ask again and again and again and eventually this stuff runs out. But you see, when you understand that God's your provider, there is no fear in love. Why? There was no reason to fear. And so his response was a fear-based response. So many times when we respond to people harshly or quickly or snappy or whatever, guess what we're doing? We're responding in fear. And that means in that area of your life, you're not perfected in love. Love's not perfected in that area. Well, don't look at yourself and go, Oh, golly, you should have done better. You know, Don't do that. Just go, you mean I can have it better than this and not have... In God, I don't have to live this way. I don't have to live under this bondage of worry and fear. Exactly. Praise God. That's who he is. That's who he wants to be in your life. Well, I don't know what I'm going to eat tomorrow. I don't know where I'm going to stay. There is no fear in love. See, a lot of times we let all these things, we start thinking on these things that aren't worthy of praise, and that fear starts to rise up. Why? Because we're not thinking on God. We're not, And we don't know Him. We don't know Him. See, when we don't know God in an area, it opens the door to fear. When we don't know God, it opens the door to fear. But when... And just think about this. If there's no fear in love, that means when I get to know God, fear will be cast out. Look, perfect love... Cast out fear. So think about the promise that's in that one statement. Perfect love, cast out fear. In other words, the more I get to really know that I know that I know, intimately know God, there'll be no place for fear. Why? Because there's no room for lack in God. It's who he is. He is provision made manifest in your life, in whatever area that you need. It doesn't just have to be finances, it can be health. There's no fear in bad health. Why? Because God's your healer. There's no fear in your finances. Why? Because He's your provider. There's no fear, in am I ever going to get this straightened and fixed in my life? Because He's the restorer. There's no fear in anything because He's your Savior. He will save you out of any circumstance that the devil tries to steal, kill, and destroy in your life. Anything. And when you get to know Him on that level, there's no fear left over. It's all love. Because you've gotten to know love. You've gotten to know God. And fear doesn't have a place in there. Is that not, does that not relieve you from that? I mean, that just takes all the load, the cares and the worries and the anxieties of this world, and it just throws them out the window. You don't have to put up with it anymore. Praise God. You don't have to be that way. Just get to know him. And, and let me just put it this way. That's who he is. That's who he wants to be in everybody's life, if they'll let him. If they'll just say, Lord, I want to know you. But yet, we made this God, that, that we made God out to say, look, if you don't give your tithes, Roger, I'm going to tell you what, stuff's going to break, it's all going to go bad, he's going to rip stuff out of your hands. I mean, you, he will get, that's what we made God out to be. If you don't do this right, that's not the heart of God. Now, if you're not in obedience to God, you can step away from God and it's kind of like, I've used this, I, I want to stay in the playground of the Lord who says there's no fear in who he is. I never have to fear when I'm in his playground. But if I step over into the devil's playground, well, he wants to do all kinds of stuff to me. So I can step over here and that stuff may happen, but that's not the heart of God. Not to mention, how about the gospel? How about when you're preaching the gospel? And, and look, hell is a reality. If you don't go to heaven, you will go to hell. That's a reality. But when I start trying to fear you into heaven and escape hell out of fear, am I preaching God? No. Because I'm not preaching love, I'm preaching fear. It's the wrong message. The correct message is in uh, Galatians 3.8, I believe it is. Uh, will you put that up real quick? This is who God is, Galatians 3.8. See if I got it right. There you go. The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel, preached the good news beforehand to Abraham. Here's what he preached. All the nations in you will be blessed. I want to bless you, and you'll be blessed to be a blessing. That's what he told Abraham. That was what he preached. Now, look. The opposite is true. Guess what? If you don't accept this, this is true. If you don't accept that, you go play in the devil's playground. There is a hell. And if you haven't come to know God through Christ, you will experience that. And here's the great news. God never wanted that for you. He doesn't have that for you. He gave you a way of escape even when you were messed up and you chose that way those times. He gave you a way out of that. Simply just choose Jesus because he wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. That's the gospel. That's love. That's what we're supposed to be preaching. And when we preach that, it makes all the fear go away and people are finally going, oh my goodness, I want that. Well, yes, of course you do. You were designed to live that way. Your heart, your spirit is yearning for that. Yearning to get away from the fear. Verse 18 in the New Living says, Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. I need to get rid of fear. I need to get rid of anxiety. I need to get rid of worry. Get to know love. Because love, perfect love, it expels all fear. It expels it. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced His perfect love. We've not fully experienced it. We need to experience it. Verse 19 says this, we love because He first loved us. We don't love because we we chose to love God first. No, He loved us first. Gave us the ability to love. It always generates with Him, I put up a Quote on Facebook this afternoon, G.S. Sloyan said this, God always makes the first move in the game of love. I love that. God always makes the first move in the game of love. Verse 20 says, If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. See, so many times, We've got it backwards. we're like, "I love God, I love God, and somebody comes up to you and says, "Hey, I, I need your help for a few minutes. I ain't got time for you and uh, again, what is that a response in? It's in fear because you're going to soak up all my time. you know uh listening to some marriage stuff uh by who's the marriage guy, Jimmy Evans, and he was saying he was talking about when people come to you, and they're like. Uh, let's say that Roger always wanted my time. Oh, wanted my time. Wanted my time. Wanted my time. Right, and and so he comes to me and goes, "Hey, hey Brian, you got ten minutes, right?" And I'm going, and in my mind I'm thinking, no, "I ain't got ten minutes. And if I give you ten minutes, you're gonna come back in ten minutes later and ask me for ten more. And I don't want to feed the monster. <laughs> I don't want to feed that. But what is that?" That's a fear that I'm going to run out of time and not have enough of my own time. But perfect love cast out all fear. And it's not that we shouldn't say no. You know, perfect love will say no at times. There's a time, and it's when the Lord leads you, and you shouldn't... There's two different... There's some people that say no to everything, and there's there's people that say yes to everything. You, you should recognize which one you are and try to find the middle of exactly what the Lord's leading in that moment. Being in love means I'm being obedient to Christ. So that means in every situation, I'm not going to respond in fear, but in every situation, let's say, same example, he's always asking me for time, always asking me for time, always asking me for time. doesn't matter how many times he does that. Every single one of those times, I'm going to seek the Lord and say, do you want me to go right now? Yes. Okay, you want me to go right now? Yes, okay. You want me to go right now? Yes, okay. You want me to go right now? No, okay, no. You want me to go right now? And and him dealing with that is not my problem. I got to be obedient to God. I got to seek him. But see, if does God know, does God know how much time you have and what you need to be doing? So then, okay, if he does, then you need to be trusting him to whatever his answer is. So the difference is, I'm trying to figure out and plan and work all my time so I answer in fear because you're about to take up all my time or I know that God's my source and I know that he's got my best interest and Roger's best and the kingdom's best and so what do I need to do? Do I need to try and plan out all everything and think along those lines and let fear get to me or do I just need to listen to God? It's so easy. This makes life so simple. God knows what you need to do and what you don't. Just now hear from him and say that. Same thing with giving. You know, I, we've had God ask us for some stuff and, and you know, our mouth is like, God. you know, but I want, you know, we've had him when, especially when we didn't have very much, say, give everything you have. Well, then we won't, like God didn't know, then we won't. <laughs> then we won't have enough to, well, God knows that. Once we knew it was him, you just be obedient. He knows how to get things back to you. And the best way to get the things that you need, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. In other words, just get in the place of love. Get in obedience. Let that fear be cast away by the perfect love, and that's trusting in him and letting him guide our lives. But how many times are we, you know, somebody comes and asks for our time, and we go, no, I ain't got time for you, but on church. Oh, I love God. I love God. I love God so much. Lord, I mean, we just worship. And I mean, we're the ones that, that would dance up in the, up and down the aisles. I mean, we just worship. Let everybody see how much I'm worshiping God. Hey, hey, you got 10 minutes. No, I ain't got time. I ain't got time for that. I can't get my own stuff done. And so what are we doing? We're telling God that we love him. But God said this, if you can't love God, if you can't hear and be obedient to what somebody else is asking you to do, you're not loving on them. He said it's not possible to love me. Cuz if you can't love them that's in front of you and you can't love what you can't see. And so we've said, "Oh, I love God," but God's saying, "You if you really do, you're going to be loving on people. That's going to show. It's got to show up. If someone says I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar." For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him that the one who loves God should love his brother also. It's his commandment. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Dr. Thomas Constable said this, A claim claim to love God is a poor substitute for a genuine love of the brother's. A claim to love God is a poor substitute for a genuine love. In the message, verse 21 says, The command we have from Christ is blunt. Loving God includes loving people. You've got to love both. (laughs) The command we have from Christ is blunt. Loving God includes loving people. You've got to love both. We've got to operate in a choice and a commitment to unconditional giving. A choice and a commitment to unconditional giving in obedience to God. That's love. We've got to operate in God. And when we operate in that place, it casts out fear. Any questions? Amen. Does anybody have a word? Anything or encouragement? Like i got to share this. I, it's just on my heart I've got to share it. Does anybody have that? You have something? Come on up.
1: As I was sitting there and uh, Brian was talking about the verse how we need to love others. Um, and really, that's been the generic. If we boil it down to a generic topic, that's been what we've been discussing all night is loving others, the need to love others. I heard God tell me, I believe, I created Boomerang Church to show marl what love looks like. Mm. You as a body have an anointing to give my love to those around you. You are carriers of me, So bring me with you and see this county change.
0: Amen. Read that one more time.
1: I created Boomerang Church to show Albemarle what love looks like. You as a body have an anointing to give my love to those around you. You are carriers of me. Bring me with you and see this county change.
0: Send both of those to me, please. Does anybody have anything else? Another word? Does anybody need prayer for anything whatsoever? Yes, ma'am. Um, I've been going through a really difficult time and uh okay. I decided to come back to church and maybe I'll be here on Sunday and stuff, but I really could use prayer. Absolutely. Let's uh Nicole, will you come this is my wife, did y'all get a chance to meet? Yeah. Okay, good. Let's pray. You just you just pray with me. I'm just repeat after me. Just say, Father. Father. You need all of me. You need all of me. And you've asked me for that. And I ask you to be my Lord. To be my Lord. My Savior, my Savior. And I receive you as that. And I receive you as that. You direct my life. You direct my life in every area. I take my commands from You. My commands from you and, my direction. and my direction. Lord, I thank You. Lord, I thank You. For Christ. For giving Christ. For me. For, me. That he died for me. That He died for me. And I believe. And I believe that, you him back to life. that You brought Him back to life. And raised Him up. And raised, him up. And raised me with Him to new life, to new life. And, right now, and right now for everything I need in my life, for everything I, need in my life I, receive I receive that new life, that, new life, that, new life that, recommitment, that recommitment that renewal of your life, the renewal of your life in mine, in mine. And, I have and I have everything that I need, everything that I need in, Jesus. in Jesus Amen all right. Father, I just thank you, and I just ask for your blessings in every way, on everything. Lord, I just ask you for wisdom and strength, and we just praise you, and we thank you for it, Father. Lord, we just give you the glory and the honor, and we praise you for it, Father. Lord, I just thank you for your power and your anointing right now, the real and the manifestation of your love in her life. Lord, I know right now that she's just feeling your love pour out in her life in new ways. Lord, we just receive that, and we give you the glory and the praise. I thank you for the reality of that love. I thank you that that's who you are, and that you want to love her in ways that she's never experienced before. And I thank you for making that real to her right now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You're welcome. Anybody else? Need prayer for anything. Did you feel that when we were praying? What did you feel? Calming. Calming. calming Yeah. (laughs) Peace that passes understanding is what the word says. Should you be calm right now based off of what your situation is walking in the door? Absolutely Absolutely not. So that's beyond understanding then? And that would be his love manifesting inside of you. Amen. That's his peace. I can't do that. Not by myself. Through Christ I can. But he's the one who does that. He's the one who empowers that. So you just give him the glory. And you trust. Let him kick that fear out as you experience his love. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Anything before we close? Amen. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for your love. We thank you for everything that you do. And our doing, Lord, in our lives is so awesome. Lord, we thank you for the completion of the work through Jesus Christ. And we praise you. Lord, let us be a people of your love. Let us be, Lord, a people that walks out the manifestation of your love. Let us be a people without fear. Lord, we thank you. Let us take that provision, that love, that strength, everywhere we go, and Lord, let it be, uh, let the anointing of Christ that breaks yokes and breaks bondages, Lord, let, let it uh, just overflow us, Lord, in everything that we do, in every area of our life, at home, at work, at play, in our sleep, Lord. Let us just have your love and your anointing and your power manifest in us all over the town, all over the city, all over this world. In Jesus' name, we praise you and we love you. Amen. Amen. Have a great night. Thank you again for watching and being here.
1: Just yeah.